welcome to MFR, A New Perspective on Healing. This podcast is all about physical and emotional healing with myofascial release. My name is Liana. I'm an expert-level MFR therapist. I specialize in pain relief and all things related to authentic healing of physical and emotional injuries and trauma. I help clients from all over the country and abroad via private telehealth MFR treatments. You can find out more about working with me and healing with myofascial release at bodyfirstmfr.com. Did you know that scar tissue can grow as long as you're alive? It has no ability to check itself and say, oh, they're all healed up. My job is done. So it can just keep on growing. Another fun scar tissue fact is that what you see is just the tip of the iceberg, meaning the majority of a scar is internal and therefore completely unseen. And since we don't yet have the technology to image soft tissue, you can't just have an X-ray, MRI, or CAT scan to see all the scar tissue that's giving you trouble, just like you can't see fascial restrictions in our current imaging which is why for help with scar tissue or fascial restrictions, you really need a soft tissue expert like a myofascial release therapist. Now you may have noticed on yourself or a loved one or your clients if you're an MFR therapist that some scars heal up very nicely. They're small and they fade with time, which is certainly the ideal. But other scars grow and thicken and lock down an area with incredible force. Oftentimes, this extra thickening happens when a surgery or injury is more invasive or near major organs, or when lots of internal scraping is done like in the surgical removal of a cancerous growth. These extremely thick and cementing scars can occur anywhere on the body. They're also very common on a site where multiple surgeries are performed on the same spot and the surgeon cuts the same site over and over again. Those areas have a very high likelihood of overdeveloping scar tissue due to the increased trauma. Certain areas of the body, like the chest, for example, also seem to often grow a lot of scar tissue. I've seen this many times in my MFR practice, and I believe it's because of the proximity to your heart and other major organs that the body really wants to lay down extra scar tissue here and make sure that any wounds are firmly closed. And while this is good for wound healing, it's not so good to have a large overgrowth of scar tissue near a major organ. The internal effect of the overgrown scar tissue can cause trouble by stopping areas of your body from being able to move or function properly. Scar tissue can also lock down around nerves and cause nerve pain, numbness and tingling, or make it difficult to use the muscles in those areas. Scar tissue can pull your bones, joints, and hips out of alignment and even impede organ function. Another issue that occurs due to scar tissue is that it can prevent the healthy, subtle movements of our organs that are necessary for their proper functioning, like the wave-like motions of peristalsis through the intestines or the subtle up-and-down movement of the heart as it rides along on the diaphragm as we breathe, and so on. These are completely necessary and healthy motions that can be blocked by fascial restrictions and scar tissue, and that can cause serious trouble. 
The point here is that scar tissue can be a real beast and can negatively affect the way the body functions, sometimes impeding function in areas with extremely detrimental side effects when it overgrows. The tricky part is, scar tissue doesn't just grow where you think it should or where you see it on the surface. It can grow in and around and through us like an invasive vine. Now, just like anything else, it's all about balance. Without any scar tissue, we'd be lost. We couldn't live without it because cuts would never heal. But too much of this good thing is no good either. The body can't have empty space inside it. If there's empty space, the body fills it in. For example, if something is surgically removed from within us, the body can't have that empty space. So it fills that space with scar tissue which just by its nature is thicker and stronger than regular tissue because it's formed due to trauma. And the more trauma there is, the more scar tissue the body will create. I think sometimes it's hard to imagine what it's like inside the body, so here are a few visuals. First, inside the body is sort of pressurized like the cabin of an airplane, which is part of why it can hurt so bad when we breach that pressurized system with an injury. If a plane were at 40,000 feet and even a small hole or crack by the door opened, it would be bad. And you would not just put a tiny piece of tape over it and hope for the best. That cabin has got to remain pressurized. So you'd hit it with everything you've got to plug that hole. That's what the body does with scar tissue, which is part of why we don't feel so great after a surgery or a wound until the body catches up on the scar tissue. Another visual is to think about how we said there's no empty space in the body. That means the room you're in right now, assuming you're indoors, if that were a place inside your body, all of the empty space in that room, all of the air, would be fascia. And just as all the furniture and knickknacks in your room are surrounded by air, inside the body, everything is surrounded by fascia. And if in your home, for example, you decided to move your bed, as soon as you moved it, air would fill in that space that you just created. Inside the body, as soon as you remove something, scar tissue begins to grow to fill in that space. Now, if in our example, your bed was, say, hard to move, as if it were glued to the floor, and you had to be kind of rough with it and sort of scrape it off the floor, that would create a lot more damage. And if that were done inside your body, that would create a lot more scar tissue. Which brings us to one of the more invasive forms of scar tissue called cording. It often occurs after surgeries involving scraping out of cancer cells like mastectomies, but it can also form from other surgeries on the chest, for example. Thick scar tissue vines or cords can grow back to the shoulder blades and immobilize them or grow down the arms and make it difficult to use the muscles of the arms, or have full range of motion. It can grow up the neck. It can grow down the abdomen, through the ribs, around the diaphragm, towards the waist, and even around the heart. Which is why it's so imperative if you have scars to understand the role they play in your health or in your symptoms, and learn to release these scars. And right here, finally, is the good news. You can learn to release your scars. Because they're thicker and stronger and kind of a different animal than fascial restrictions, 
the releasing methods are a bit different, but it can be done. And all of this goes for scars from injuries and burns as well as surgical scars. If you've ever used an MFR self-therapy tool to release a fascia restriction, or you've had a myofascial release therapist release fascia for you, there's often a palpable softening where you can tell that you've let go or something relaxed or opened in a good way and you can feel that fascial release happen. That does not typically happen when you're releasing scar tissue. It doesn't release with that same whoosh of softening feeling that a fascial release has. But if successfully released, the scar itself will feel more pliable to the touch and the surrounding area will feel freer and more mobile when you get up and move around. Because scars are so thick, they will certainly need repeated releasing and regular attention for a while to get the area to soften up and remain more mobile. Another piece of good news about scar releasing, though, is that for the vast majority of scars, you can release them yourself. You don't necessarily need to have a therapist's help for all of the scar-releasing repetition. Once you've learned the techniques you need to release your scars, you can do the work yourself. Scar-releasing, though, is not really common knowledge amongst all therapists or all myofascial release therapists. You'll need to learn from a therapist like myself with intimate knowledge of working on scars and some real expertise in this area. This is certainly something I often teach clients via online telehealth treatment very successfully. Then there's one last important piece to touch on here, which is that in order to regain full use of these scarred areas, first you will need to make some headway releasing the scars. Then you'll need to work on reconnecting to that area of your body. But then the most important piece, you'll actually need to rehabilitate the area to make the fullest recovery possible. Areas with scars that haven't been able to function properly in a long time will be filled with muscle weakness, compensation patterns, and fascia restrictions. So while releasing is a really important first step, it's just the beginning. Then we get to dive into the fun part, the rehabilitation, where we learn to use that previously injured area properly again. And that's when we get to make our way all the way back to being healed. To work with me on your healing, visit me at bodyfirstmfr.com. Empower yourself with the skills to heal and care for your body right and free yourself from relying on anyone else to heal you. Thank you for joining me today, my friends, and as always, happy healing. <laughs>